Welcome to the MMA Formula Podcast. Here's your host, Demir. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Now, uh, first off, gotta make a big apology. It's been a really long time since I did the last podcast episode and, well, frankly, I've, I've just been really busy. It's uh, not easy to be a one-man show and I have multiple businesses that I run both uh, online and offline so um, every now and then something has to give and in this case that was that was uh, MMA formula but I'm back created some more content and doing the same thing here with you guys in a slightly different format if you're listening to this to the podcast it's just so you know that you can now see me do the podcast on the YouTube channel link is in the show notes and um, I'm gonna try to do that I got this brand new awesome uh, 4K webcam for Christmas early from uh, my wonderful girlfriend so I can start uh, making easier recordings and with both good video and audio because um, you just can't see it in the screen if you're watching but I've got my good Yeti mic here in front of me so the audio is much better than if I record with the crappy audio that my laptop came from. So um, that said bunch of stuff to talk about so I'm, I'm going to do a quick recap of Font versus Aldo which was um, the last event that, that we had uh, about a week ago uh, lots of stuff that I could talk about uh, I'm not going to go too much into detail I did a, a knockout breakdown of uh, Rafael Fiziev against Brad Riddle and um, Fiziev knocked him out with a, with a spinning kick it was uh, pretty good pretty interesting so uh, again link will be in the show notes where you can see that where i dissect basically that that kick and and how it was set up how you can avoid getting tagged like that because it's a classic um but also how you can you can use different variations or different techniques uh, if the opponent in that scenario does something slightly different so i'm going to refer to that video uh, so i'm not going to discuss it here so let, let's take a look at the main card of font versus aldo uh, Moreno versus Mickey Gall. I'm not going to talk about that. That was a boring ass fight. Um, I'm not really a big fan of either fighter. Again, as always, I always preface this. I have respect for everybody who steps either into the ring, into the cage, on the mats, whatever. Uh, because all the weekend warriors and casuals and keyboard warriors who don't do that don't know what the hell they're talking about. Even the worst guy in the octagon still has my respect even if he stole crap he's he's putting uh his skin in the game he's the man in the arena so whatever you think of his performance and, and we can criticize performances that's fine we can dislike certain uh, fighters that is fine but they're putting it out there and that is the, the big thing that i think we always have to respect when it comes to uh, to athletes is that at least they're stepping up not everybody is so that's that's um, you know Moreno and Gall fine. It's, it's just a it was a boring fight for me. So I didn't enjoy watching it. So I'm gonna leave it at that. Next one, middleweight was Chris Curtis versus Brendan Allen. Um, I, I'm I'm really thinking about when I'm going to do uh, the end of the year awards, which will be coming up soon at the end of the year, obviously, where I'm going through my award ceremony like last year. I'm really thinking about making uh, some sort of category about, you know, the, the, the best haircut in an MMA fighter. Because, I mean, this card here had a, few, a couple of guys who were rocking that mullet like it was, you know, 
somewhere in the 80s or late 80s 90s i was around back then so i remember those times and it, it was pretty spectacular to see those funky haircuts that that I, I thought were completely out of style apparently not they're back in okay good for you guys but you're going to look back on that decision for to uh, step into the cage with that haircut later on and go like what the hell was i thinking and your children will never let you forget that so um again the fight was okay uh, just that at uh, one point i mean curtis managed to tag alan pretty well and uh, then the fight was uh, relatively quickly over with so not i mean again not not terrible fight it was, it was okay it was fine um there was an exchange and that's kind of where the beginning of the end started for brendan allen is when he uh he kind of got clocked by curtis while he was staying a little bit too close into the pocket and then he got tagged because of it and that was you know then, then he, he got beat up some more until the ref stepped in but point is that i've mentioned this before and, and i mentioned it in my my latest video about physiof knocking out riddell is it's about this this concept of of um understanding distance range zone and orientation and so on and a very easy concept is where you imagine that you're standing in your guard facing the opponent and you imagine like a, a light beam from a from a flashlight that's just streaming out of you it goes in from a cone from narrow outward that is the zone in which you can easily most easily influence what happens and attack your opponent now you want to keep him in your flashlight and you want to keep the other guy as much as possible in a position where his flashlight you're just outside of it so that if you're at say a 90 degree angle towards him with you in his flashlight and his flashlight is pointing 90 degrees off to the side yeah that's that's when you can beat him up i wouldn't say without consequence but you can do a lot and he can do very very little other than trying not to get knocked out or taking too much damage so point is if we have the, the typical situation if you've got both guys standing face to face and both their flashlights are facing each other then you've got this thing here where you have um, this zone in between both of them that is where the action is where you can hit hard but you can also get hit so how you step into that zone how you enter that zone how long you stay there and so on that is that is a critical element of all combat sports but in particular mma because in mma there's so many options and techniques that are possible and you it could be stand-up you can end up with a clinch could be striking could be hand fighting could be a takedown and and so on so there's so many options that if you are not aware of where exactly you are in that zone that i just described that is very easy to get tagged and this is in my opinion what happened to brendan allen he said a little bit too close fired a punch got countered uh almost simultaneously and uh and he went down and, and that was the end of it so be mindful of that distance so next up clay guida clay my man i mean he uh submitted the leonardo what is it leonardo santos not really uh, well known clay's 40 he's been fighting for a pretty long time you know i like clay as as just i mean uh, as as a as a personality he's i'm, I'm just check, checking here he he had his first uh, fight i think in july of 2003 
it's been it's been a long road for Clay Guida. I mean, he uh, he's been going for a pretty long time. He let me see, uh, 37 wins, 21 losses. Only got knocked out twice, which is surprising. Uh, from recollection, I thought it was more. But here's the thing: as much as I like Clay as, as just a guy, and I uh, as an underdog, he is still the underdog. And the point is that he's getting to the point in his career where it, it's very unlikely that's going to happen for him. I mean, if you're honest, can you see Clay Guida as basically becoming the lightweight champ? I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. So um, he's he's definitely earned the respect he gets. Um, I think with a, a relatively limited amount of talent, he got as far as he could take it. And that is no disrespect towards him. We all have a measure of talent. You, If you've been to the gym, you know these guys. They come into the gym, they start training, and they just pick up techniques all the time, rapidly. And they, they advance in leaps and bounds. Not everybody is like that, and there's nothing wrong with saying that. And in my opinion, I mean, watch Clay Guida in the beginning of the fight. The way he moves is a little bit stiff, is a little bit awkward. The footwork, the head movement, and so on. It's not bad per se, it's just that it's not as smooth as when you compare it to, to you know, some of the more skillful and talented and athletic guys that are out there. And that's fine. Not everybody can be a champ. But um, respect for all the work he did. He, I mean, he went at Santos. Now, Santos, at first, uh, was going after him and, and kind of, you know, tired himself out and... That's where we can see that the experience that Guida has basically helped him out, and uh, and just I mean he he just kept on grinding until he get that submission. So if you look at Guida's uh, record, and I'm just pulling it up here very quickly, you you'll see that I mean in the last few years, so he won now lost to Mark Madsen uh, before. One from Michael Johnson, two losses, Bobby Green, Jim Miller, one win, BJ Penn, lost Charles Oliveira, two wins, two losses, one win, a loss, win, loss, win, two losses, and so on. And and, and I'm already going back uh, 10 years by just describing this here. Again, it, it's not going to happen for him anymore. And, and this is a point where you have to see that, okay, it gets dangerous as a fighter um, past a certain age to still compete at that level. Um, again, plenty of evidence, scientifically speaking, out there about just uh, the cost of taking these punches to the head and kicks to the head and so on. Um, you know, cognitive damage, um, uh, co sorry, cognitive problems, brain damage, and, and so on. So I, I don't like to see fighters, you know, that stay too long in the ring or in the cage. And then like five to ten years later, you see them again in an interview and they can hardly talk or you can clearly see that they... They have a lot of trouble because I know where that leads and eventually they're going to, you know, the end of their life is going to be really bad uh, in many cases. So for that, you know, Clay, my hat's off to you. You know, you, you took it as far as you could take. Um, very happy that you get this win, but maybe it's time to hang up the gloves or, you know, if you really need to just do one more fight. But yeah. Um, right, so let's move on to light heavyweight. So Jamal Hill uh, defeated Jimmy Crute. You know, Jimmy Crute in his last fight got his legs kicked just completely to, into little bits and pieces. And, and in this fight, you know, I, I kind of like Jimmy Crute. Um, it's just this big lumbering guy. Um, same thing, rocking an awesome haircut. 
but he got tagged man he got tagged pretty good there and the main thing that, that you can see is that the, the punch that put him basically on the ground if, if you watch it um, you'll see that he steps in for this big power shot and Hill is kind of a lot more technical in, in how he, he uh, handles that with his, with his own I think it was a right hand uh, like this long hook if I'm not mistaken and it just lands and Jim is down um, point is this it shouldn't be this way. It's 2021. The UFC has existed for decades now, uh, MMA for longer than that. So it shouldn't be revolutionary for me to say that, you know, guys at light heavyweight and at heavyweight, you don't have to hit full power every single time. You don't have to throw in the kitchen sink with every technique you do, especially when you're punching. Watch Jimmy's fight again. You'll see he throws, uh, you know, two kicks. And he just, he, when he misses, he spins completely around his axis. You know, it, it's fine. But this is how you get countered. Uh, uh, ask Sarah McMahon what happened when she did that uh, against Amanda Nunes. Uh, Nunes, sorry. You, you'll, you'll see, you know, look up that fight again, see what happens. And that's kind of the point here is still you see all these guys just throwing bombs all the freaking time. And then they're faced with somebody who, who is actually a little bit more skillful who doesn't necessarily throw these, these power shots the whole time and just boxes their faces off. Um, again, I'm, I'm not going to say that Jamal, Jamal Hill is the best striker out there, but but he did a really fine counter against what was an incoming uh, death blow that was really powerful. And he, and he handled it well. So, sort to see Jimmy go down, you know, um, and we'll see what happens with Mr. Hill at light heavyweight. Right, so then next we had lightweight. Again, Fiziev, Riddle, uh, I'm not going to get into that. Watch the video, I, I broke that down with more detail. It was was a, a good fight. I gave it more, I, I was more along, along the lines of Fiziev seems to be a little bit stronger here in this fight, but Riddle was actually very competitive still until the end. And then we get to Aldo versus Rob Font. Um, a good fight. I was looking forward to that, especially when you watched Aldo's previous fight, in which he showed just, I mean, a lot of progress um, and and just really exciting the way that he could fight. There were glimpses of that by Rob when he fought Rob Font. There was some sort of fun stuff, and and I was watching with my kids, um, and and I told them that look at a certain point. I think it was one of the later rounds, maybe three, four, I'm not sure anymore, where he throws what looks like a kind of sloppy one-two to the body. Just, just kind of a little bit more looping punches, just a, a, a combo that he, that I've seen him throw before, and it looked a little bit crappy. And I said to my kids, like, okay, either he's there's something going on here, or this is a setup. And what do you know? A little bit later, he throws pretty much the same combination, but pretty tight. I mean, really tight punches, and and much much better on a technical level. And, and, and that's what I like to see with a guy like Aldo, who's, who's just, I mean, his striking's always been really good. But ever since he started boxing in that Navy boxing club, um, he's, in my opinion, he's, he's gotten even better. And uh, we saw him do some low kicks, not as much as in the beginning of his career, but still he, he, he threw a couple. And, and the only thing that I could say is that as a fan, you, want, you don't want to see the kind of ground fighting that they did all that much. Because Aldo would, you know, 
on the ground clearly dominate Rob Font, as in he controlled him pretty well, he controlled his position and so on, but he didn't really do much with it. He wasn't really going for submissions, he wasn't really doing any significant ground and pound, it was just doing what he needs to do to win the round. And, and then as a professional, obviously that makes sense, because you know you're winning, you don't take a lot of damage, and the other guy has to do all the work to get out of there, fine, so that, that it makes sense on a tactical level. But obviously that's not the most exciting fight for us, the fans, to watch. So when you see uh, that kind of thing happening in what is a pretty big fight, fight, it's the, the main event, it's kind of sad in a sense that, um, you know, we just want to see Aldo knock somebody out. Uh, well, I do. I, again, no disrespect to Rob Font, but he's, a, he's a great guy, but... Um, I've been a fan of Aldo for, for a long time and just always liked uh, the way he fought and, and was hoping to see an, another really banging performance and got a little bit lit down here. But again, he won, so he's moving on and, and it looks like he might get another title shot soon, who knows. Uh, and I think, again, Aldo has been in, in, in the game for so long, he deserves another one. Uh, in my opinion, um, I mean, the guy has never been the biggest star in MMA, uh, especially in the UFC, that he, in my opinion, deserves to be. I think the, the UFC didn't really do as much for Aldo as they could have, uh, promotion-wise and so on. Okay, it's fine, but, you know, I'd, I'd be okay with Aldo getting the title, doing one or two more fights, as he retains the title, hopefully, and, and then just, you know, ending his career. Um, so quickly going to check, because I think it's 35. Yeah, it's 35. Okay, it's getting into that zone where it's still possible, but better, better not wait. All right. Okay, so, um, so I'm, I'm going over the channel comments on YouTube. Uh, so on the, on the Physio Knockout uh, video, I had a question from Solid Snake. He said, very good analysis. I would like to see you do another analysis video for this week's UFC 269 card. I typically do um, knockout analysis after the, <laughs> there's been a knockout, so I'm not going to do that. Um, just looking at, at the fight card itself, so that's uh, UFC 269, Oliveira versus Poirier. I'm going to go quickly. Um, Bantamweight, Rolian Paiva against Sean O'Malley. I don't know Paiva all that well. Um, I think Sean O'Malley has has a lot of potential, um, and that he can he can definitely. I mean, he's got really good striking. We'll see we'll see how how it goes this time. But you know, I, I think he definitely has a has a chance here to to dominate in that fight. We'll see, because um, he was injured before, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So, but we'll see how how that plays out. That's always difficult, um, difficult to to basically figure out like what's actually going on here. How how well is he recovered? And next up, Kaikara France against Cody Garbrandt. No idea. Garbrandt is for me one of those guys who kind of missed his, is is missing his career. He's got a lot of potential. He had a lot of potential. I think most of his problems are on a tactical level in the sense that um, his temper seems to get the better of him. I mean, I think it was the second TJ Dillashaw fight, if I'm not mistaken, where he just throws 
like the big right hand if I'm not mistaken and and he gets countered um, and and if I'm, and Dillashaw lands his shot and Cody doesn't Cody takes a step back throws it again same thing happens one more time and that's pretty much the end of the fight so he's from what I can see I think too emotional and and that is very sad that that's actually quite sad when you when you see that uh, when you see that happening because it's I mean look at the fight he had with Dominic Cruz where he was in total control of himself even you know breakdancing in the cage at one point and Cruz with his awkward style got nowhere and and Garbrandt was really I mean really doing doing great um, so so he could be that guy he has championship potential if he can maintain his composure, stay focused, and not get emotional. So we'll see what that gives with Kaká France. I have no idea. Um, it's a little bit hard to call. Same thing for Joff Neal and Santiago Pontenibio. So far, I mean, the fight doesn't interest me all that much. We'll see what that gives. You know, I'm not going to comment all that too much on, uh, on that. I will comment on the women's bantamweight fight, Amanda Nunes versus Juliana Peña. We'll see. We'll see. I was never really all that impressed by Peña. Um, I, I think she has potential, obviously, but her striking, for me, personally, wasn't really, you know, where it should be. Um, and she, she hasn't fought all that much. I mean, in the last three years, she fought three times. So that is, that's not a lot. That's really not all that great. Uh, she fought in January of, of this year against Sarah McMahon, whom she submitted. So I, I, that's not really, I mean, she hasn't been all that active. So I don't have a lot to compare uh, when it comes to just how much progress she would have made. I don't see it. Now, Nunes, a little bit tricky. Uh, we know she has problems gassing and uh, in later rounds. So if Peña can survive for, um, you know, into the fourth and, and fifth round, that would be great. But and then she, I think, has more of a chance. But we'll see. As always, the promo stuff happens, and you've got you know UFC does all these uh, mini documentaries on the fighters, and 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 I just watched the one with with Nunes where she says, yeah, people think that I can't you know can't last five rounds, but I've actually been working hard and staying in shape and this and that. Then Pena says that well you know. She hasn't been training, blah, blah, blah. So all this this kind of nonsense always happens. And it could be true, both of them, <laughs> that she hasn't been training uh, and then that she started training uh, for, for this fight uh, in fight camp. Who the hell knows? Um, as always with the press and what you see online, I always take it with a, a huge truckload of salt because it's, it's just... All the promo stuff, it's, it's blah, blah, blah. Just just don't don't look at it too, all that too much. Take it at face value and, uh, and and move past and then watch the fight and you'll see we'll see if Amanda is uh, is in great shape or not. We'll see if Juliana actually made a lot of progress with her striking or not. Nunes stands really well. Her her basic fighting stance is great. She's she's typically well balanced. She typically doesn't strike herself out of position or off balance, uh, whereas Pena tends to do that every now and then. Um, 
the thing I see mainly is that Nunes tends to be a little bit sloppy at times just because she's hitting so hard and, and is, is very accurate with her striking. So there might be an opening there for Peña, but I kind of doubt that she's going to get it. Um, when it goes to the ground, we'll see. Uh, I think they both had a, have a good shot there. I think for me personally, the biggest thing is going to be, will Amanda come in in great shape or not? Because I'm pretty confident that Juliana is going to come in just totally ready for five rounds of war. I hope so. I hope I'm not going to have to eat my words, but I think she'll be she'll be pretty much ready for that. And if Amanda hasn't been training, that's eh, going to be hard. It's going to be really hard. So if I would have have to put money down, I put with a little bit of an edge for Amanda. Uh, but again, the biggest unknown for me is Juliana. How much progress has she made? She hasn't been fighting all that much. Now with Nunes, we. It's not that hard. She's been fighting a lot, but we know what she can do. She's been consistent in the way that she, I mean, her striking has been on point uh, for, for, for fights on end. We know what, technically speaking, she can do uh, with you, with Benia. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. But then the main event, lightweight, Charles Oliveira versus Dustin Poirier. Really looking forward to this fight. I, I, I kind of like both, both guys. Uh, Oliveira is not really the guy to, you know, do a lot of shouting on social media. Dustin a little bit, but but, but still okay. His <laughs> his uh, post-fight interview after um, he uh, his last fight with Conor McGregor was like, you know, something along the lines of uh, everybody who uh, boos me, you can kiss my whole asshole. <laughs> I just had me in stitches because it was, that, that is so Dustin Poirier. So I kind of like the guy. He's, he's funny, seems like this this uh, guy who's genuinely himself, who's not putting on an act. Uh, and Oliveira seems to be more quiet and, and soft-spoken uh, in the interviews that I've seen of him. Here's the thing. Um, we know Oliveira can be hurt. We, we Chandler hurt him in their fight. Uh, you could clearly see it that uh, he was rocked. Now, Chandler is extremely explosive. Um, Dustin is not as explosive that said what we've seen from dustin is a lot of tenacity and when he smells blood he just keeps going ask justin gaethje ask eddie alvarez ask conor mcgregor in their second fight uh, where he knocked him out is when he sees that you're hurt he tends to stay pre-focused and goes to work and it just it just rains down punches on you and it doesn't stop un until you're down so if he can manage to tag Oliveira with a good shot and, and definitely looked sharp with his striking in the last McGregor fight, I think he, he has a shot at either rocking him, putting him down, and then we'll see what happens. I mean, Dustin's pretty good at the, you know, on the ground. Obviously, Oliveira clearly is. So um, I kind of want to see what happens on the ground there. Uh, the, the striking, Oliveira's striking is also pretty good. Uh, if you watched, I mean, again, the knockout against Chandler, the, the way he countered with that left hook was beautiful. Again, I also have a breakdown video of, of that one. So that was just picture perfect uh, with with the left hook. And um, when you watch his, his training, it's definitely a, a very nice Muay Thai influence. So I don't think in the striking department, 
that uh, Oliveira has to be the lesser man compared to Poirier. I don't think so. I think they, they're pretty much even though radically different styles. Poirier is a lot more plodding, a lot more heavy-footed in my opinion, whereas I think Oliveira moves a little bit better. But then again, Poirier has, in his awkwardness, I mean, you know, he has this, this high elbow defense that he often likes to use. In his awkwardness, he's, he's actually quite efficient and dangerous. Um, you could see in the in the last McGregor fight that McGregor, who's known for his striking, obviously, especially his left hand, but his, his boxing is, is obviously pretty good, um, that McGregor couldn't just land at will. It, it, it's not like he, he could just, you know, punch Dustin's head off. Same thing in their second fight. Uh, you could see that even though he was trying, he, he often got countered. McGregor got countered by Dustin uh, when he stayed too close. So it's not like Oliveira is just going to waltz over the Simpoirier uh, with, his, with his striking. And I don't think I don't see that happening. Hard to call this one. Really hard. Uh, for me, if I, if I have to choose, um, I kind of want to give it to Dustin. Because um, you know, again, this is this is subjective. It's not objective, uh, but I, I think Dustin might have a slight psychological edge over Charles Oliveira. Could be wrong, but I think he he might have been he might be in a little bit of a better position uh, psychologically speaking. I'm just going to quickly over going to go over to Oliveira's um, latest. Uh, his, his track record, so he, he fought Michael Chandler, okay, potential champion, he fought Tony Ferguson, who was not really the Tony Ferguson we uh, we knew. Then we've got Kevin Lee, Jared Gordon, Nick Lenz, David Tamer, Jim Miller, Christos uh, Galagos, he won from Clay Guida. Um, yeah, so those are not, in my opinion, the biggest names. So then you go to Poirier's record, and he fought McGregor, McGregor, Dan Hooker, Khabib, Max Holloway, Eddie Alvarez, Justin Gaethje, Anthony Pettis, uh, Eddie Alvarez again. That was no contest uh, that fall. Michael Johnson. I mean, he fought a lot of guys who were pretty much at top level in the game. So in my opinion, the experience that that, that Dustin got from just, just fighting all these uh, high-caliber guys um, Charles didn't get the same level of opposition. Doesn't mean he's not great. Doesn't mean he doesn't deserve to be champ. Every athlete's path towards championship is always going to be different from anybody else's. So it doesn't mean that Charles had an easier time, just that um, Poirier's had a lot of really rough fights. Fights where he just had to just dig deep to keep going. Um, and when, when, you, when you look at it that way, I, I would give him a slight advantage over um, over Charles Oliveira. So that's the way I see it. This is just, uh, again, my opinion from my experience. Really looking forward to the fight. And uh, we'll see we'll see what happens next. Okay, guys, that's, that's pretty much it. I'm going to wrap it for this uh, new podcast episode. Got more stuff coming up on the YouTube channel. Um, obviously on the Patreon, uh, I have like uh, several several things that I post there every month. So if you want to support the channel, that uh, you're always welcome to do that. That I appreciate that a lot. That is that what that's what pays for the, the hosting of the podcast and, and all that other stuff. So um, check that out. Um, got some more stuff 
that I'm planning on doing. It's all just a matter of having the time to do so. That, that's the biggest challenge. So in the meantime, I want you to give a huge uppercut on the like button. And then I want you to squeeze the crap out of the subscribe button. And then just give a nice horizontal elbow on the share button and share this with your friends who are into MMA like we are. Okay, that's it. Signing off. See you guys next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the MMA Formula Podcast. For more information, go to www.mmaformula.com.